Welcome, Bible love. We are back, and for the first time in a while, it is just Mary Balfour and I. So, sorry if that's a disappointment. Uh, We could try to wrangle someone else in, but I think we can wing it from here. Uh, The prayer for today is another one that uh, Mary Balfour found in her children's commentary, which has been incredibly helpful. It's the one for today. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your merciful and bountiful care of us. Day after day throughout our whole lives, you provide for us in every way. We thank you also for the Holy Spirit who comforts us and reminds us of the truth. Forgive us that we are not always mindful or thankful or joyful of our many blessings. Amen. Yeah, so I was telling Alan, I feel kind of nervous being by ourselves again after three weeks of just amazing, amazing guests. And we've got some more coming up. Um, We put that out on all our social medias of some great folks that are coming up. And even more after that, um, I can't believe people are saying yes to us, Alan. What the I know. I wonder if that's going to dry up because if folks are paying attention and if they're in the Episcopal world, our most recent guest has now been um, put forward for the slate of bishops nominees in Upper South Carolina. And so I'm not going to say that we had anything to do with that, Furman. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, we but, did. We had a pick but up. <laughs> for, for Allison, for Ian, for all these guests coming up, yeah, just remember, Bible love is a stepping stone to Episcopal slates. That is so true. And we totally know how to pick them. And we had a great one, Furman. And we are um, saying lots of prayers for Furman and all the candidates um, that God's will will be done for the new Bishop of Upper South Carolina. Um, So today we are trying to get through or we want to work through um, Deuteronomy 4 through 11, which is kind of jam packed with stuff. Um, and it's a pretty um, significant part of Deuteronomy, if you ask me. Um, it starts out with Moses um, commanding obedience to the Israelites um, and really, again, saying how important this is. We continue to sort of feel this battle of remember, 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 right? Those words are so um, important. And <clears throat> Moses reminds them how how much God has done for them as his children. Um, and that keeps going through the whole pretty much chapter of four. What are your thoughts about that, Alan? Yeah, I think uh, you using the that word remember, I think it's important here, you know, in verse nine, chapter four, verse nine, it says, but take care and watch yourselves closely so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen nor let them slip from your mind all the days of your life. Um, Make them known to your children and your children's children how you once stood before the Lord your God. They, the people Moses is speaking to, actually did not see any of that. They actually did not have their feet any of those places. Mm -hmm. But Moses is putting them in kind of the collective we. So that remembering is not, oh, remember back when. It's remember how we, as God's chosen people, 
you and you and you and you, how we all received this word, stood before the Lord and saw this. And so folks who weren't even born yet, you know, everyone from the previous generation that did all these things has died. These are all the kids and grandkids, but they're not off the hook. They are called to remember. They're called to know that they were part of what God did. Right. And also, as you keep going in Deuteronomy, um, just to piggyback off that, um, he starts talking about and your children and your children's children and your children's children. So not only the, the what happened in the past, but what's going to happen. We're setting up for the many generations to come. And I mean, I don't even know how many children's 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 we are now in 2021 from when Moses was talking about this. But these words still tr- hold true today, right? Um, so it's not just the past, but it's also the future and how important this is to God. Yeah, and that it's this idea, and the Western culture has a pretty defined view of time, and right, like you can see it on a clock or an hourglass, and you know, what was days of our lives, like the sands of the hourglass, <laughs> our time slips away. Not that I used to watch soap operas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's this notion that time slips away. That's not true for God. Right. Right. For God, you know, time is a flat circle or you've heard that, you know, I don't know what it is, but what folks saw on Mount Horeb when they had their feet there before the Lord, we are party of that today. When my feet are here in Keller, Texas, somehow in God's geography, somehow in God's chronology, we are all part of that. It's not all these generations aren't, you know, my great, 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 great grandkids are going to be separate and distinct and something completely different. They're my brothers and sisters, just like my great, 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 great grandparents who were in the Exodus um, are my brothers and sisters, like at the same time. What a beautiful image to think about, like, you know, how we're just all united in that way through God. You know, Um, I had a, was telling Alan, I had, it's actually really, really comforting to me today. I had a really dear friend die yesterday. And, um, and because of my, because I knew she knew God and I know God that will connect us forever and ever and ever. And we'll never lose each other because of that. And what, what joy in that, just sort of like the prayer that we started off with God, help us not to forget our blessings even when we're sad and upset. And I think Moses does a really good job of doing that, right? Don't forget what we've done and don't forget what's to, what's to happen because God will always be there. All right. Deuteronomy 5 talks about the Ten Commandments, which we've already yeah. discussed once. So we're back at it again. They must we be have. important. It's pretty important or folks must be forgetful. But here again, it goes to that, non-linear understanding of time, right? Like 5.2, it says, The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant. Not just with our ancestors, but with us here alive today. Again, these folks weren't around when Moses came down with these two tablets. But Moses is reiterating the fact this wasn't something that happened with our grandparents. God made this covenant with us today. So it's a everlasting covenant. Yeah. I like two weeks ago, I got to go visit this um, 
beautiful parish here in the Diocese of Upper South Carolina, St. Paul's Pendleton. I'll send you the picture, Alan. Maybe you can um, you can attach it to the show notes. But they have this artistic, beautiful piece of the Ten Commandments, right? And it, it reminds them it wasn't just for the Israelites, right? It is for us today, too. These Ten Commandments still stand true exactly today in 2021 or in 2010 or 2000 and whenever or the 1900s, whenever those things, whenever that was made, people see that every Sunday, right? Um, And so it continues to be a reminder, like you said, that it's for all God's people. And that was pretty cool to me that it was a picture of the Lord's Prayer. It was a painting of the Lord's Prayer and a painting of the Ten Commandments. Those were the two things that were kind of held in esteem in that sanctuary for them to read every day. It wasn't on a bulletin. It wasn't in the prayer book. It was right there on their face, in their faces and at the altar. It was kind of neat. That it's is neat. Pictures, pictures. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into, you know, we don't need to go through the 10 commandments again, but um, you know, if we, if we jump to six, right. Six is one of these parts of Deuteronomy that, that a lot of folks know, you know, six, four, the Shema Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Keep these words that I'm commanding to you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're away. Bind them on your head, fix them on your forehead, write them on the doorposts. And so I think about, you know, so the Israelites were supposed to hold literally you'll see folks who have a box with like a headband and inside that box um, is the Shema, this prayer, or people write it on their doorpost. You know, um, Jewish folks often do that. And it's the same kind of deal. These words are so near and dear to them in their faith tradition that they write them on the wall. So they remember them just like we do with, with things that, 200 years ago when St. Paul's Pendleton was constructed, it was so important that they have the Lord's Prayer, that they have the Ten Commandments, that they inscribe them on the walls in beautiful art so that our children, our children's children, and our children's children's children can can know and recite those. It's this idea of holding scripture, in the case of the Shema, this one particular prayer, so close to you. But I think for all of us, you know, I think Bishop Cole talked about you know, kind of immersing ourselves in scripture and how do we do that? How do we hold it so close to our heart? Some people, Bible journaling, where they write out scripture every day. For other folks, it's a daily quiet time where you read scripture every day. Whatever it is, how do we immerse ourselves in scripture? And I, that's one thing I take from this is, I mean, that's a command from God is to, to know and to love and to cherish and to hold close scripture. Well, I think there's two conversations that can come from this. The first one is how do we do it? And you were naming off a couple of different things. Um, I've gotten really interested in this Bible app that you got us going um, with when we were going through numbers. And now I'm doing some different um, sort of plans that they have, different things they have. And every day, in addition to doing morning prayer, I'm just relying on whatever the Bible app gives me (laughs) um, to read through. But it's been such a delight to pull, to hear, watch, listen to a devotion and then watch the scripture that is connected with that. Okay. 
And how do I live through that every day? And I do feel this deep connection to scripture that I haven't felt in a, in a long time, especially as a priest, as a preacher, you know, I'm just kind of trying to help other people, but I need it too. Right. And so that's been a real gift for me. But the other part I wanted to say is why are these words so hard for us to remember and to live out? You know, we know this. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. We know this. It is deep within us, but we forget it every day. And I'll think about our world right now. I was just praying this morning. I ha- I've spent a lot of time in Haiti. I have some dear friends there. Fortunately, they are okay after this earthquake. I'm thinking about Afghanistan. I'm thinking about COVID-19. You know, all these things, and I'm I'm trying I'm loving God through every min- minute of it, but I'm also having a hard time loving my neighbors sometimes through it. And why is that so hard when I know this is the greatest commandment that God gave us? Any thoughts on that? I think it's because of well, one of the things is because we forget to love our neighbor because we forget to love God with all of our heart. You know, that's, Jesus adds the part about love your neighbor as yourself, right? And that's in Deuteronomy. And we're actually going to read that here in a little bit. Right. Um, You know, it's part of this too. But in this particular, the Shema is love the Lord your God. Right. It's embedded, like this whole part we're reading, like four through 11. The focus here is we're an idolatrous people. Mm -hmm. God knows that we seem to love idolatry whether it be worshiping um, Baal, whether it is worshiping whatever gods um, the people were defeating in battle, you know, mm-hmm. for in this story, right? Uh, whether it be money or fame or country to talk about things that we tend to love to worship today. Uh, I think God knows that about us, that we always seem to forget to love the Lord your God with everything, our heart, mind, soul, and strength, because there's so much else out there that's new and shiny and promises freedom, promises security, promises whatever we want. And so we forget that we are called to love God. And when we do that, then it becomes really easy to not love our neighbor. Right. And it's impossible. We've talked about this before, but it's impossible to love your neighbor without loving God. You know, that is the first part in the end. Um, I know I love God, but sometimes I guess I forget or we all do. Right. Because that's just yeah. how life goes. Um, so I am really grateful that this is repeated over and over and over. And, you know, Alan, feel free to call me every day and say, love your God, love your neighbor. Um, because it is so important, so important that people were willing to, you know, put it on their heads and write it over their doorsteps. And maybe we should do that too. I might put a big banner outside my house. Love your God, love your neighbor, you know, um, just as a visual reminder in these days, it's just yeah. so important. Yeah. I have a, a dear friend, you know, so like all the stuff in the world is going on. And I think I've shared on this podcast before my mother-in-law was terminally ill. She died a couple of weeks ago. And so we've been walking through that. I have a, a dear, dear friend who's been a friend for 20 years, sent me um, a card. All that was in the card was a post-it note that said, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's 
what a reminder. Like, that's amazing. Like that's the words that, that I need to know. That's the words that we need to hear. Now I'm going to spoil this for St. Martin's folks that are listening, but I'm preaching this weekend and I'm preaching on the Psalm, Psalm 34, because this, the, this one verse, you know, Psalm 34 is written like when David is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of been exiled and a lot of crap is going on in his life, but he writes things like the Lord is good. And then this one phrase that, that has stuck with me, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And I think about when we bury people we love, when I think about veterans who are looking back at their service in Afghanistan and questioning, when I think about Afghan refugees clinging onto airplanes, when I think about Haitians, brothers and sisters that we both know, when I think about folks battling COVID, when I think about kids going back to school in a crazy year, there is a lot of heartbreak. But the promise is the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Thank you for that, Alan. What a beautiful thing. And thank you to your friend who wrote that. I might steal that because there are no words that are um, appropriate really than that. Jesus loves you. And that's really all you need to know. Oh, good. He's showing this to me. Keep it on your computer forever. I'm not letting um, Alan... Are my face on YouTube today, y'all, because I don't feel great. And I told him I was coming in here rough, but maybe he'll take a picture of it and um, attach it to the show notes because that's a that's a gift. It's a true gift. And it's the truest words ever. And it and it goes into this, right? Like, you know, we got off on a tangent, which we did. We sometimes do. No, I do it, too. But um, it brings us back. Right. Let me try to find it real quick. Well, we go into chapter seven with the chosen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, God has chosen, right? God, not by anything we've done, right? And Moses is clear here. You're a stiff necked people. He says that again. He said, God is not leading you to the promised land because of anything you've done, but because God has chosen you, because God has a covenant love with you a steadfast love with you. And so it's that reminder that God, that Jesus loves us, that the Lord is near to us, even when we're stiff necked, even when we're brokenhearted. Yeah. I think it's the reason I close the show out with that every um, time. I mean, I never really discussed that with you, but I just think it's so important for if nothing else, if people are going to take the time to listen to this, that if they walk away with nothing, but God loves you, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied because that is the best truth that you and I could ever give anybody, you know? And there's a lot of things, right? Like we can talk about Greek and we can talk about, you know, church fathers and mothers, their understanding. Like there's a lot of technical knowledge that we can get out of the Bible. And that's all wonderful. There's only so much we can do in like 25 minutes. But I think one thing that we've managed to do and these, you know, 50 weeks or whatever, more than that, that we've been doing this is we've been able to find basically in every section of scripture that we've walked through the fact that God loves us, even in numbers, even in Leviticus, even in the midst of exile and the Exodus, Mm -hmm. 
even in those stories, we find over and over again, God loves us. Yeah. And that, I, I haven't really thought about that. That's awesome, though. It's so true. It, it, it is never far. Even if you read something really harsh, it's right there again, right? You know, like yep. it just God continues to remind us of that. So, and and even the next couple of chapters, which are pretty tough, um, you know, prosperity, the consequences of rebelling against God, you know, all of those things, the second pair of tablets. Um, but if you get to 11, there is reward for that. And that reward is God's love, right? That reward is you are God's beloved children and you always will be. And the generations that come after you will always will be. Um, and you will be people of plenty because you have that love, even in the midst of what seems really scary or unsure or what's in front of them. They didn't know what was going to happen. They had to put their trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, and God, you know, Deuteronomy is another place here in particular where there's some harsh stuff that God says and, and God says God will do, right? Yeah. God says, you're going to go to this place and these people are going to try to overtake you, but I will defeat them, right? And God goes, once we basically defeat them and colonize this area, be sure not to intermarry, be sure not to start worshiping their gods. It goes back to idolatry. But even in the midst of that, right, when when it's another instance where it looks like God can be vengeful and angry and and all that stuff that we've talked about before. Here at the end of chapter 10, it says, For the Lord your God is God of gods, Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, executes justice for the orphan and the widow, who loves the stranger, providing them food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. And so even in the midst of Deuteronomy, where it maybe sets up an us versus them, God's chosen and people that God is going to defeat. Like, it's easy to see that binary thinking there. But right after talking about that, God goes back to God loves the stranger and you are to love the stranger because you were strangers, too. Yeah. To remember that mindset that you were those people, too, you know. You're not set apart from anybody else. You were a stranger too, and I chose to love you. Um, Not because we're great, not because God said, oh, those are the people that are chosen. We're chosen because while we were stiff-necked, while we were strangers, while we were yet sinners, God chose us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in the the midst of our pain and suffering, um, which is always going to be there, whether it's Afghanistan, Haiti, COVID-19, or anything else that could be thrown in us. Or in us. And it, I'm not saying to like not live in the grief and not feel those things, but I do feel such comfort in knowing the love of God is there. I do feel um, happier because I know that, you know, and that I have friends like Alan and other people who remind me. Or I can do that, or I can do that for Alan, or most especially his friend writing this note, you know, whatever it may be, how do we as people show God's love? I think we, we're we always going to be the instruments and we have to do that. Um, and that's what loving your neighbor is, is showing God's love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that God loves us, the fact that we're called and chosen and, 
and all of that doesn't make the crap go away. Right. Right. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, right? It doesn't say the Lord takes the heartbreak away. Right. Mm -hmm. These folks in Deuteronomy, they had to travel through the wilderness. They have to confront evil. They are going to have to suffer. They're still going to die. People around us are still going to get sick. Things aren't going to work out the way we would love them to. Then you get into theodicy and why God can let this happen if God is good and all that. And there's, there's not an answer to that. But the answer we have is that God is with us in the midst of that. God was with the people in the wilderness. God will be with the people in the promised land. And God is with us all every place in between. And that never stops, no matter what happens. That never, never stops. Well, that was, you know, the same thing has come out of all these um, books of the Bible, as you were saying. You know, we've been able to find that over and over. I mean, not we. God has shown us that in all in the study that we've gotten to do, which is such a good thing. And I'm grateful for it. Um, we did OK by ourselves, Alan. But next yeah, week, I think so. we don't have to do that again. Um, your buddy from seminary is going to be joining us, Ian Lash, and we're excited about that. I'm excited to meet Ian. Every time um, Alan introduces me to somebody, I end up like making them my new best friend. So I'm here we go, Ian. Um, you'll be my new best friend, I'm sure. Um, we're excited about that. And I always say this, but I think it's pretty important this week um, because it's so shown in, in what we talked about. Alan and I love you. We love doing this podcast. We hope it brings you closer to God, brings you some joy. But most importantly, remember, God loves you so, so much, and that will never change. 